0: Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles right now to Jeremiah 17 and then also put your finger there, or if you still use a physical Bible. Uh, And flip over to Matthew chapter 7. Two passages that we're going to read by two different authors uh, with a similar flow. Uh, Jeremiah 17 verse 7 says this. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Actually, I'm going to start just a verse before that. This is what the Lord says in verse 5. Cursed is the one who trusts in man who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. In other words, they put all their ability, all their trust, all their strength and courage based on what they can do and what they have. That person will be like a bush in the wasteland. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of a desert in a salt land where no one lives. All things that are not good. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Someone say trust. Trust. Whose confidence is in him. This is the contrast. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries, worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. It has no fear. It has no worries in the middle of Dry in the middle of drought. And then Matthew chapter 7, Jesus speaking, verse 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Two stories. One from the Old Testament, which was the first one. Jeremiah was a prophet. And one from the New Testament by a young Jewish rabbi by the name of Jesus. One Story using an analogy of a tree to illustrate a tree and a drought, I should say. The other using the analogy of a house in a storm. Two stories illustrating essentially one truth about the reality of our lives. That along with the good, there will be challenges, there will be difficulties, there will be things that come again and again, beating and battering and stifling and challenging and shaking and rattling. These prophets give us insight, though, into our day. They give us foresight into our futures. To us, as followers of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, more than ever, it's reminding us that our roots must go down deep and our houses of our life must be built on strong ground. Because there's a storm around all the time, that coming and going. And I've looked at this, and I keep coming back to this word, and you might have heard me say it, you might have seen it, this word called resilient, about being a resilient people in the middle of a storm, about being people that stand strong, that come out the other side of the storm strong in the middle of it. Resilient means to be able to spring back into shape after bending, stretching, or being compressed. After bending, stretching, or being compressed. Has anybody been bent out of shape? Anybody been a little under pressure? Anybody been a little stretched in life? And these prophets are reminding us that dry times will come. That rain will fall. That wind will blow. That storms will batter and beat against the house of our life or the the tree of our life. And it may cause challenge for us but how can we be resilient? Resilience, someone else has said, is is the ability to face a challenge and come out the other side with some measure of growth and success. That we don't just go through the storm and come out battered and beat and ready to die, but we come out with strength and some measure of success. We make our way through. We don't just go to the storm, we come through the storm. And in a year and then the promise is in the year of extreme drought of a heat dome, we can stay fresh and green, resilient. In a year of drought, we can still bear fruit, resilient. Through the battering of a terrible storm, we can stand firm, we don't fall, resilient. And over the next number of weeks, we're going to be taking a, a, a little snippet each week of one principle, one, one mindset, one spiritual principle to build and continue to strengthen our lives so that we can be resilient in the storm. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your kindness and your goodness. We thank you for your word, which is quick and powerful. Thank you that you will bring application to the uniqueness of our situation where we're at, whatever whether we're young, whether we're old, whether we're a student, whether we're uh, somebody who's married, whatever our position in life, Lord, that your word will accomplish the purpose it's sent out to do. Your word is quick. Your word is powerful. In Jesus' name, amen. Storms and challenges and difficulties. When you've been in one, most of the time, well, some people like storms when you, if you ever go to Tofino to the west coast of the island, it's a beautiful place to watch a storm from inside a building. (laughs) Where the fireplace is on, where you have some food, a hot chocolate, and you're wrapped in a blanket and you're looking out and the waves are rolling up and it sounds so Amazing. It's less fun, as has happened to me a few times, when you're riding a boat in a storm like that. When the waves go up and the waves go down. Off the west coast of the island, one time we were in a flat-bottom barge being pulled back in. And the wind was going and the waves would... So you would go down and all you could see looking up was wave. And then you would come up. And all you could see was sky, wave, sky, wave. And by the end of that, you're not feeling very good at all. That's what the storm happens. And we're seeing right now the power of a storm uh, when it's over, 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 over what we would ever think it would be in Fiona in the east coast of our, of our nation. So how do you go through? How do you come through resilient? Because we don't want to just go through and come through destroyed. We don't want to remain broken. We want to come through stronger. I invite you to turn now. We're going to start in Jeremiah 33 verses 1 to 3. About a man by the name of Jeremiah who we talked about already. But says this. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard. The word of the Lord came to him a second time. This is what the Lord says. He who made the heaven and earth or who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it. The Lord is his name. Call, someone say call Call. to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. We come to Jeremiah's life. He had uh, he had been a prophet for a number of years. He's called the weeping prophet. He spent a lot of time crying because it seemed like everything that he prophesied, the negative things came true. And when he would exhort the people of God to turn back to God, they would not. And there was difficulty and pain and, and all kinds of things were going wrong. But he had started out as a, in chapter 1 as a very young guy who is marked as a prophet. In fact, the Lord says, before you were born, I, I knew you before you were uh, in, while you were in your mother's room, I set you apart as a prophet to the nation. He had this great dream that God had called him to. He had a great vision from God. And yet here he was locked up by the king, not because he had done something terribly wrong, but simply because he had determined that he was going to preach the word of the Lord. And so here he was locked up constrained in a spot that had nothing to do with what he had started out believing God would do in his life. Confined, locked up under pressure. This was not how it was supposed to be. Have you ever had a time or a moment when you thought this is not how it was supposed to be? Maybe a pain, painful situation that shakes the foundation of your life and of your faith, shaking you to the core of who you are. Maybe then there's been disappointments that have been so deep that they exhaust you and you caused you to lose hope for the future. Challenges in friendships that threaten to overwhelm you emotionally. Maybe you have a marriage that's on life support and causes you such anxiety that it's eating at the core of your soul or a loved one who is caught in addiction or lost to an overdose. Or I talk, as I talked to someone this week in the past 18 months has lost two babies by a miscarriage and also lost their dad. Such deep pain. I don't know if there's some water somewhere, but. <clears throat> and we all see this chaos of our world. Times of war, times of drought, times of division where it can seem that the darkness is winning today that good is overcoming evil, that it's just too much to cope with. Thank you. Now, see if I can not kick that over. (laughs) Chaos. And this is not how it was supposed to be, maybe in our own life. Maybe you're... A storm that has come at you and seems to trap us in a spot where we get into a rut and we stop moving forward. Maybe we've lost our job and we've also lost our confidence along with it. I remember a time when I was, I think I was about 27, 28 years old, two kids, a job was finished at one place. And uh, we were in Campbell River and it was the mid 90s. It was a challenging economic time. Uh, Very, very few jobs. I would pick up a little here and there and how I just could not find work. I was trying in many, many ways. And the, the anxiety that it brought to me as I realized I had two kids and, a, and I'm trying to supply for them, prepare for them so that they can eat and have something to, to, to live in. And I remember that storm and how challenging it was. And you find out what you're made of in the middle of those storms. And all of us have storms. Maybe you're a student with a dream but you don't have the means to pay for the dream. Or maybe a divorce has seemingly consigned you to where a place where you always feel less than, or you're trying to figure out the way forward out of your being a widower or a widower. And if we're not careful, what is confining us may start defining us. In other words, the storm may start to define how you think and how you view God and how you view your life rather than being viewed as something that comes and something that goes, that it's part of life. And it can start moving from the place of, I'm excited like Jeremiah was, I'm called of God, I've been called, God saw me, he knew me, and now I'm just here, confined, where we stop dreaming and we start surviving or maybe we quietly quit. That's a term right now where we keep showing up, but we're not really here. Stop long ago, stop believing. Long ago, stop contending and standing. Maybe we're even angry at God. How could you have ever let this happen to us, to me? Or the pain of that thing that has beaten you down so hard, you don't know if you'll ever get up again. And disappointment that has a way of crushing hope, and discouragement that has a way of breaking your vision for the future. And delay that has a way of sickening your heart. You might smile, you might lift your hands, and you might look good, but you know what it is to feel confined, restrained, held back, detained, delayed, stopped. And it's a dangerous place to be, for it to be resilient. Proverbs 29 and 18 says that where there is no vision, the people perish, or as another translation says, where there is no revelation, the people live carelessly. They live carelessly. When we lose our why, it's very easy to lose our way. And that's what sometimes happens in a storm is that it so rattles us, we start to wonder what's going on, how can I make it through? Will I be able to come through in a way that's stronger, in a way that I've made it through? When we lose God's vision for our life, it's so easy to give up on life. It's so easy to quit. It's so easy to get in a space of just getting by, of just existing, of going through the motions But resilient is more than that. It's about coming through with a measure of success. It's about coming through with a measure of life. It's coming through with a measure of hope. It's coming through that I might be marked by the storm, but the storm has not determined my life. That I'm going to make it through because of the goodness of God. That God is in the middle of the storm with me. And this passage that we see is incredibly encouraging because we see that Jesus does not ignore those that feel confined, those that feel... Stifle those that feel shut up. Those that feel stopped up. Those that feel locked up with seemingly no way forward or no way to make it. No resources. Jeremiah was in a difficult spot. He didn't know what to do. He was locked up. So, so for us, wherever we're at, wherever we're at, Jesus still comes to us because He's not limited by our experience. He's not limited by our ability. He's not limited by how well we're doing right now in the middle of the storm. He's not limited by our resources. He's not limited by the legacy of your family. He's not limited by your, by how you look at your life. There's looking like there's no way forward, no way to move forward in things. And he says this to Jeremiah, I know you're confined, but call unto me. Call unto me. It's a very simple message today. It shows us that a key to resiliency is no dream is too big to ask God to do. So ask. Call unto me. You might feel defeated right now. You might feel less than right now. You might not know how things are going to work out right now. But be bold and continue to call unto me, as Jesus said. No dream is too big to ask God to do. So ask. So ask. Ask. But you don't understand, Craig. You're right. I don't know your situation, but Jesus is under, Jesus understands it. I know I've been in situations where all I knew to do what to, or to all I knew to do was to ask because I might feel like there's no way for it. I might feel like my marriage is over. I might feel like my finances is going to take my life. I might feel I might feel, but the reality is that as, as, I, as Jeremiah was confined, even though he had been called and now he was experiencing something that he did not anticipate, he still was hear, heard the word of the Lord. Now, Jeremiah, call unto me. Call unto me. It shows us that a key to resiliency, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're in, No dream is too big to ask God to do. No matter if you feel like it's gone too far, it seems like there's no way it can be turned around. So ask. So ask. Although life had locked Jeremiah up in that moment, God said, Ask. Dream again. Believe again. The unsearchable. And he said, What did he? He said to him, The things that I want you to look at are things that I want you to call for is call unto me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know right now. In other words, there is more than the moment that you're in. There is more than the thing that you're going through right now. Jeremiah had to hear from God. I need you to call out to me because there are great things out in front of you. There are things that you are not even aware of right now that I have prepared for you that are unsearchable, that are unknowable right now. But as you call unto me, I can begin to reveal myself to you. I can begin to show you things that you're dreaming about and show you a path forward. I can show you and move in your life in a way that you never thought was possible but call unto me no dream is too big to ask god to do so ask so ask wherever you're at young old whatever's on your heart new insight new ideas beyond normal beyond expectation the inaccessible becoming accessible call out and then listen what god would say what do you need to ask god today What do you need to ask God today? Someone has said that without faith, which faith, asking is basically, it's just faith. Without faith to act as a governor, the human mind is a runaway worry generator, a dynamo of negative expectation. Asking means looking unto Jesus. Asking means I'm lifting my eyes to possibility. Asking means my situation does not determine my destination. Asking might mean that all I see is a dead end, but God sees a U-turn. Asking means that the confines of today do not determine God's design for tomorrow. Jeremiah is a locked up prophet without seemingly anywhere to go. But God says, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things which you don't know and are not aware of right now. But what about those that are doing just fine? Maybe you're a, have a busy and successful career. Your life is good. Maybe you're retired. Re, your resources, your family, finances, all good. Sorry for the confined ones, but I'm all good. It's another young man by the name of Solomon. Solomon was just beginning. He was just stepping in to be the king. His father had passed away, and at that time. Uh, you had to watch out for yourself because there were a whole bunch of brothers that also felt that they wanted the throne and maybe your uncle too. So look out over your shoulder. So here he was, he is being installed as the king, but he had been finally been established. In First Chron- Second Chronicles 1, it says this, 1 verses 1 and 6 and 7, Solomon, son of David, established himself firmly over his kingdom for the Lord his God was with him and made him exceedingly great. Solomon went up to the bronze altar before the Lord in the tent of meeting and offered a thousand burnt offerings in it, on it. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you wish or whatever you want me to give you. Wasn't a genie. It was God responding to his son and how God looks at his sons and daughters still today. We see it all through the scriptures. In other words, for Solomon, though, life was good. He was at the pinnacle of power. He was the king. He was great. God's hand was on his life. He had been firmly established. God was with him. Everything about his life was exceedingly great in that moment. He offers a thousand sacrifices at great personal cost. Showing his heart of depth and of uh, depth of his heart to worship God. And he had an obvious love for and a surrendered heart for God. And it would have been easy. If you look at his life to slip into I've arrived. I'm good. Those days are for me. I'm okay. The spirit of the Lord is always, though, calling us out for more. Yeah. But Craig, I've, I've done my time. I've, I've showed up or I've shown up or I've, I've, everything is good right now. I'm not in a spot that I'm really like Jeremiah. In a pit. I'm more like this guy. Everything's working. But God still says, ask me for whatever you want me to give you. Yeah, but I got everything that I would want. I'm just, I just want to be content. And there is a place for contentment for ourselves. But there's still something where God would come and ask you, what do you want me to give to you? What, what's on your heart? What, what, would, what, would, what would I say if God asked me that? I have a list. So if life is seemingly stable, if things are good, you are seemingly set, your kids love you, you love them, things are well. Still today, God might be coming to rock your boat and saying, I want you to ask me for more. I want you to be a little bolder. I want you to be a little bit, allow yourself to be stretched in the middle of all this. What might God want to do with you in this season? Does he have your life? Does he have your heart? You might slow down, but you don't need to stop. Maybe you're in the routine of go to work, come home, go to work, come home, live for the weekend, get here, live with little purpose. Perhaps if you're still alive and breathing, God would say to us again, what do you want? What do you want to ask me? No dream is too big to ask God for, so ask. One theologian said that the problem for many Christians is not whether they will receive anything when they ask, but whether they will ask at all. Be bold. No dream is too big for God to do. So ask. So ask. So ask. Why is it so important? Because asking pulls us forward into a realm of the unknown, the unseen, the unexperienced, the realm of faith where God can begin to move in your life in a way that is absolutely incredible, where life begins to move, where life begins to grow. There was a man by the name of Haddon Robinson, learned what it is to ask big. He was serving as the president of Denver Theological Sem- Sem- Seminary. He'd only been there a short time, and they needed to do a very spiritual thing, which was replace the phone system, which was going to cost $20,000. They didn't have $20,000, and he knew, but he knew of a business person that he would ask, that had given to the college before and loved the college. And so he went and made an appointment with him and and the man says to him, uh, or he told him, uh, we need some help. This is what we need. And the man asks him, so how much is it going to cost? He says, I think it's going to cost about $20,000. Well, how much do you want me to give? Dr. Robinson said, well, I'd like you to give $1,000. The man got out his checkbook, wrote a check for $1,000, pushed it across the table, and then looked at him and said, you just insulted me. He said, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I, I shouldn't have asked for so much. I'm, I'm sorry it was too much. It was presumptuous. I, I shouldn't have asked $1,000 a lot of money. I really shouldn't have come in here and just out of the blue asked you for $1,000. He said, no, you needed $20,000. You asked me for $1,000. He said, either you have underestimated that where I am at financially, and you've insulted me, or you have underestimated my generosity, and you've insulted me. You needed $20,000. You should have asked me for $20,000. And then he said, Don't be ever afraid to ask for the big thing, because the worst that could happen is that you could get a no and you may get what you're asking for. He said, You needed twenty thousand, you should have asked me for twenty thousand. That day, Dr. Robinson walked out of the man's office with a check in his pocket for guess how much? Thousand dollars. And a nineteen thousand dollar lesson. No dream is too big to ask God for. Now, God wants to teach us to learn to ask big when we ask. There's nothing too great for him. The Bible says in James 4, 2, you do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you ask with wrong motives. But the first thing is, there's so many things that we don't have simply because we do not ask. Too many times someone said, we ask him for roads when he wants to give us wings. We ask him for little streams when he wants to give us rivers. We ask him for hills when he wants to give us mountains. Don't be afraid to come to him and ask. No dream is too big to ask God for. Even in the middle of a storm, even when darkness is swirling around, even when things are tough and terrible, that's the time to ask even more. No dream is too big to ask God for, so ask. There is some, simply nothing too big for God. Ask him and ask big. And by the way, when I'm talking about asking for things, I'm, I'm not just talking about asking for a bigger house, a new car, a faster computer, a new phone, uh, 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 or a better job. But that's fine if you want to ask for all those things. No problem at all. None at all but I'm talking about bigger things than that. I'm talking about asking God for his power to show up and see some people heal. I'm talking about asking God for a changed marriage, so ask. I'm talking about asking God for to use you in a mighty way, so ask. I'm talking about praying to see sex trafficking stopped. So ask. I'm talking about asking God to set you free to dream again. So ask. I'm talking about asking God to set your son or daughter free out of addiction. So ask. I'm talking about asking God for deliverance for for out of pornography. I'm talking about asking God that your business could be blessed when others are not. I'm talking about asking God for family restoration. So ask. I'm talking about uh, for us as a church coming before Jesus and saying, God, give us the souls of lost ones. Give us our families. Give us our city. Give us our town. Give us our nation. And so we would ask and ask big. Can a nation be turned in a day? Can a family be turned? Can an addict be set free? Can someone be delivered? That we would ask and ask big. No dream is too big to ask God to do. So ask. Ask. We're coming to God, our Father, and we're asking him. So ask and ask with expectancy and ask big. We're trusting God's will. We're trusting God's timing. We're trusting God's plan. No dream is too big to ask God for. What dream has been put on the shelf? What dream has been left behind? What dream have you given up on ever having the ability to see it happen? What thing is just in your heart that you say, God, I don't think... uh, No dream is too big to ask God to do. So ask. Let Him determine the timing. Let Him determine if it's His exact will and work with you on that. But be bold and be asking. Be bold and be asking. Resilience is the ability to face a challenge. And come out the other side with some measure of growth and success. The wind is in your face. God, I'm asking that you'll take me through. God, I'm asking for my, I'm asking God that you would uh, help us with a financial turnaround. I'm asking God that you would heal that physical body. I'm asking God that you would dissolve cancer. I'm asking that you would raise that one out of their sick bed. And we boldly ask, boldly ask. We have not because we ask not. No dream is too big to ask for God to do. In a year of extreme heat, we can stay fresh and green, resilient. In a year of drought, we can bear fruit and be resilient. Through the battering of a terrible storm, we do not fall. We're resilient. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.